Are you ready to question everything you know about money and success? I set out to build a healthy relationship with money, but along the way, realized that no money issue is actually about money. Join me as I break down my old beliefs and learn what's really true. I'm Noe Kalfa, and this is the 90 Day Money Challenge. It's day 42 of my 90 Day Money Challenge, where every day I'm questioning another one of my deepest insecurities about money. Why would somebody do such a thing, you ask? Well, I believe that this has been helping me and will continue to help me develop a really healthy relationship with money. And a whole bunch of people have also started doing it along with me. So congratulations to all of you for the breakthroughs that you've already shared with me. Really amazing to see everything that that you've questioned and, um, and everything that's come out as a result. Today, I'm going back to the same thought that I did on day one because a couple days ago, uh, if, you, if you listen to, um, to the episode a couple days ago, you'll know that underneath a whole lot of I shouldn't spend money, I'm spending too much money, underneath all that is this story, I'm poor, uh, that I talked about on day one. And I want to come back to it because what I've seen is that there are some beliefs that are deeper underneath than others. And it's like when we live in one belief, we will then expand that out into a whole bunch of other sub-beliefs. So what you'll find is that you kind of work your way in closer and closer to these core beliefs or you know, some people call them core wounds. Um, and it's worth going to therapy on them. It's worth doing EMDR, hypnotherapy. Uh, it's worth really taking them from every angle that you can in the physical world, in the emotional world, in the spiritual world, because those things are things that we carry through us. They're probably things we inherited and probably things that we will pass on if we don't actually break through. So let's dive in um, to I'm poor. So what I see, and I'm going to share a little bit more about why I wanted to talk about this today, is I see myself alone, struggling, hustling, fighting. This is the image for me of I'm poor. And it's this image that feels deadly real. It feels so, so real. And when I think about how big I want to grow my business, I always come back to well, but I'm poor, and so I'm never really going to make it. And that belief is sort of in there popping the balloons of all of my dreams, or at least kind of poking a hole in them so it starts to leak air, and there's just a little bit of a suck of energy out where it's like, well, but who's going to listen to me? You know, uh, and, and I wrote down a whole bunch of... Uh, I'm poor uh, beliefs here that at the end I'm going to come back and and turn around. And this is a practice that I learned from um, Thomas Compton, who's a wonderful facilitator of the work. So here we go. I can't afford that because I'm poor. I shouldn't spend money because I'm poor. I can't save money because I'm poor. I shouldn't invest because I'm poor. And poor people don't invest. Uh, No one will like me because I'm poor. I have to work extra hard because I'm poor. 
Life sucks because I'm poor. I'll never succeed because I'm poor. I'll never be wealthy because I'm poor. And I'll never be respectable or likable because I'm poor. So all of those, because I'm poor, because I'm poor, because I'm poor, it's it's the way of living. It's It's this thing that's been in the background for me. And I'm curious for you, what is, what's been in the background for you around money, around wealth, around success, around work, around how hard life is, around struggling through, around rushing through, about not being smart enough, right? What is it for you that, that is underneath? Okay, so let's go in with the work here. I'm poor. Is it true? And when I asked myself that question, the image of my parents came up and I thought, well, I'm the son of poor people. Did that make me poor? And when I looked at my parents and I looked at my family, I saw that we haven't always been poor. In fact, before they divorced, they... Uh, were sort of middle class, had enough money. There wasn't the story of I'm poor and we are poor and we're in debt that then pervaded the basically from the time I was probably two years old-ish all the way up to uh, now. And we didn't have that story beforehand, or at least they didn't have that story, but then they took it on it's a way of life. Uh, it's not an amount of money. And I, I personally have fluctuated widely in the amount of income that I've made over the years. And I think my family also, different members of my family have. And yet there's sort of this core belief that we've carried on uh, that possibly got even started in the Great Depression with my grandparents. And that got passed down all the way as like this is serious and this is this is the way we live um and so i took a look and i again asked myself is it true i'm poor is it true that i'm poor whatever i inherited is it true that i'm poor then i had a memory of yesterday uh one of my close friends actually shared with me that she loves how luxurious I am and how easy I make luxury feel. And uh, in, in the events that I create and produce and in just in the, the, the way that things that I surround myself with and the food that I eat and so on, she loved how luxurious I was. And that just happened yesterday. And so then I thought, huh, yeah, I, I, I am luxurious. I am, I do love beautiful things. I love to create beautiful experiences and I love to do so in an easy way. And I've really been training myself in these last years how to do that and how to really thoroughly enjoy, you know, even if it's like an online course that I sign up for, I enjoy the shit out of it. And and that's, that's the orientation that I've developed in life. It's like, whatever I'm doing, why would, I, why would I do anything other than 
deeply try to enjoy that thing and really open myself fully to it and, and go bravely and vulnerably into to that thing. Why, why else do things? And so there's something here that I notice with, in contrast with this whole story of I'm poor and, and I can't afford that because I'm poor. I can't save money and I shouldn't invest and I, I have to work extra hard. It's, it's not that it means I won't work hard or um, I can afford everything or uh, everyone's going to like me. It's, it, there's something about choice in here that I've missed that's, that's been subtle. I've, I've lived with, well, these options just aren't available to me because of this identity that I am holding. Because I'm poor, I just don't have access to all of these things. And what I've found is that I actually do have access to people liking me. I can afford plenty of things that I want, and there are some things that I actually don't want to afford just yet. Uh, or if I was to buy them, it would really bring me down to a level that I'm not comfortable with. So I don't actually want to buy that thing. There's a certain level of choice that I haven't operated with most of my life that I'm now seeing, hmm, this might be available to me. And maybe I've just been living in this world free of choice or or rather trapped um, and not seeing the choice that I've had the whole time. So I'm poor. Is it true? No. Okay, let's go into believing the thought. All right, so I'm poor. What do I feel? I feel sad. I feel defeated. I feel like there's this giant wall that I keep struggling to get over and I just can never get over there you know the glass ceiling the um the the, there's some something that people like me just can't do just can't break through um and it's like a like a bad dream that i want to wake up from i want to be free of i want to relax into into abundance and luxury and wealth and right and this is to come back to realizing that poorness and wealth is an experience. Like, I don't want to have lots of money and hate my life. I, I don't think that would be any better than my life right now. If the only difference was I had more money, but I didn't like my life. I want to relax. That's why I want money. That's why I want uh you know, time, and that's that's why I want all these things, so I can relax, so I can pursue the things I really want to do, uh, so I can surround myself with with what I really want and the people I want, and so I can I can create beautiful experiences for me and for them, and that I can contribute and start solving the world's bigger and bigger problems and start contributing and participating deeply in in humanity. That's why. I want money. That's why I want wealth. And so it's an experience. It's not a wealthiness isn't a dollar amount. It's it's a, an experience. But when I'm believing the thought, I'm treating myself really horribly. 
with lots of pressure. And basically, I'm, I'm bullying myself, I'm oppressing myself with all of the stories about what people like me can and can't do based on the families we were born into. And, and that basically means that I'm then oppressing other people by judging them to be similar to me, to be above me, to be below me, right? So that, so a, like that kind of inner judgment always comes out on other people. And it's every, every horrible thing people have ever said to me, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're never going to make it. Uh, you, you need to get a serious job. Everything that's been like a soul crushing blow, um, everything I'm holding all of those in the belief I'm poor. And then what I realized is that, that I, I walk around the world thinking people don't like me because I'm that poor kid who moved to the U.S. when he was eight, who struggled to find friends, who was too eager, and everybody already had friend groups, and, and I was the only one who didn't, and I really missed my friends. I was angry that I was taken away from my home and taken away from my dad, and I was, I was angry. I tried to run away, but there was nowhere to run because I was in a different country than my home country. All I wanted was to, to be accepted, connected with, to, I wanted friendship. <clears throat> I wanted to love, adventure, play. All of those things I see are what I, what I really want underneath the story of I'm poor. And I'm poor feels like the barrier because some, somewhere along that line, when I was eight, nine years old, I cemented the identity of, oh, we're poor, I'm poor, with um, people don't like me, it's hard to make friends, uh, this is a new uncomfortable situation that I can't seem to get out of. And those cemented together and has just made my life this kind of contraction even as a subtle contraction, um, it's, it's been there underneath. <sighs> so it's so good to face these things and to, to face them without a lens of good vibes only or uh, without a lens of trying to paste them over with mantras or um, you know, voodoo beliefs that if I, if I say this, it's just gonna come back, anything like that, facing Facing is, is the first important step in any, any deep-rooted belief. But then, question number four invites us to open up free of this thought. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in to that eight-year-old place and, and go into the memory of struggling so hard and just look. Free of the thought, I'm poor. Free of the whole story that... Life sucks because I'm poor. No one likes me because I'm poor. Um, we can't afford that because we're poor. Uh, I'm never going to make it because I'm poor. If I go into that place, free of the story, what happens? I'm looking at that eight-year-old self, <clears throat> and I see so much enthusiasm and life 
and like and also so much fear and that this eagerness to connect and to to make friends and this eagerness to like prove himself to prove that he's good and that he's worthy of friendship because he didn't know what else to do because all of a sudden he just had no friends and there's something deep in there for me about why I love community so much um, is because I think I felt so alone and then that was all tied in with money and wealth and comparing myself to other people and other kids and other friends and what they had and then I was outcast and I sort of outcasted myself but when I really look man I love that little Noe that little eight-year-old kid who I, I like him you know something I realized in the, in the last five or six years is that it's easier to love myself than to like myself but when I started liking myself, you know, when I broke through all of that stuff, my self-bullying, it was a giant moment to see that I, I just want to go back there and hang out with eight-year-old me and just, I don't know, what, what was I doing? I was playing card games and uh, learning to how to bake pies and like maybe skateboarding or I don't know, what was I, what was I really into? Uh, probably playing with lots of toys, lots of games. I always loved games, right? I love, I love that I love games. I, I think it's awesome, and I, I think I'm, I'm a wonderful person to play games with. I want to hang out with myself. I want to, I want to read books. I want to learn with myself. All these things that have happened over the last twenty plus years. I've, I've learned to really like myself and love myself. And that's now what I see looking back at this part, this part that needs connection and love and play and acceptance. And it needs um, to be shown that, that money and, uh, and connection aren't connected and that, that he was dealt a really difficult hand at this point in life. And that he made it through to me, to now. Okay. That's free of the thought. Now let's do, I'm going to do one turnaround here, which is I'm luxuriously wealthy. I'm luxuriously wealthy. So one, one example right now in my life of that is that I've surrounded myself with plenty of beautiful objects just in the purely physical tangible wealth money world i have surrounded myself with plenty of beautiful luxurious items uh, from my clothing to the to my desk to the objects that i choose to bring into my life basically i only bring in things that i love and that i, I that make me feel abundant and luxurious and that started to to really I mean, obviously my friend gave me feedback that they feel luxurious around me. That inner choice, and can, I mean, that's exactly what we've been talking about this whole time is that, that choice versus feeling trapped in the story. That choice has started to manifest in my life, right? I'm luxuriously wealthy. I Something I've really recently realized, probably only in the last year or so, is I've started to crack through the story that, that people don't like me 
and seeing that basically wherever I go, I make friends and build community without fail. Whether I'm traveling around Europe, I will, like basically every time I've traveled and stayed in a hostel, I will end up gathering people together and teaching them games and, you know, we're going on adventures and, you know, even back in when I graduated high school and started college, I went around Europe and basically just made friends and connections, the lifelong connections everywhere I went. And that's just a part of me. It's that is a luxuriously wealthy part of me that I carry everywhere I go. And I, I just can't just, I just can't not do it. It's a part of me. And it's, that's, that's deeper than I'm poor. Right. Another example is that I've, created a very deep space in myself through meditation, through inquiry, where I have space to to hold a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenge. And from, you know, surviving through a pandemic to uh, being able to make it at eight years old, kind of being ripped out of a home and planted somewhere else. I've, I've been able to go back and heal so much that I've created this luxuriously wealthy amount of space to learn and to grow rather than just stewing in my life over the same old issues. And then finally, I've created a sustainable business where I can work at home any time of the day. I can take a break. I can roll around on the floor and dance, which I love to do. Um, I've created a, a flexibility of schedule that I would never have thought possible. I've really created a, a wealthy, luxurious life. So I want to go back over these beliefs uh, that I stated at the beginning, all these because I'm poor beliefs. I can't afford that because I'm poor. Where I go with that is hmm, I get to choose whether I want to buy that. Um, I can't save money because I'm poor. Sure, I can save money. If it's $1 a month, I can save money no matter how poor I am. No one will like me because I'm poor. People will like me or not like me. It has nothing to do with poorness. Life sucks because I'm poor. No. Poorness doesn't have to do with my inner state, that's what I found, or amount of money rather, doesn't have to do with uh, whether life is good or bad for me, uh, the way that I treat myself based on what I'm handed has everything to do with that. I'll never be wealthy because I'm poor, but what I found is that I've been believing that I've been poor this whole time, and yet I've been growing wealth, so I, I will be wealthy because I'm poor, even if I'm poor. I shouldn't spend money because I'm poor. Yeah, I should make wise decisions about when to spend money, but yeah, I should totally spend money when I'm poor. I shouldn't invest because I'm poor. Why not? If that's something I want to do, even if it's $5, there are apps to do that. I have to work extra hard because I'm poor. If I'm doing what I really love, I'm gonna work as hard if I'm poor as if I'm wealthy. I'll never succeed because I'm poor. Well, I've already built a sustainable business and have been growing a team that keeps growing and, um, and it's really become a beautiful community. 
Um, and I've been believing that I've been poor this whole time. So I think I will succeed even if I'm poor seems real. And I'll never be respectable because I'm poor. Well, if you're watching all the way through to this video, then maybe it's because you think I have something worthwhile listening to. In which case, I would say that there's some amount of respect in there. And I've learned to like myself. I've learned to appreciate what I have to offer to the world. I think I'm respectable regardless of how much money I have. All of those are our entire, our entire work sessions of beliefs. Uh, but sometimes it's good to just go through and turn around each one of those to see what happens. Okay, Whew. I'm going to be sitting with these ones for, for the next, the next months for sure. I want to say thank you for watching. It's, it's always so wonderful to, to get to share these, these deeply vulnerable places with you. And all of you know more about me than many of the people, many of the, my past close people in my life. Uh, so, so I appreciate you holding me with, with kindness and respect. And I love hearing your own insights and stories, so please keep sharing them and keep doing the work. You've been listening to the 90 Day Money Challenge. All episodes are available in video form with me, Noe Kalfa, waving my arms and wearing spiffy new outfits every day. You can access these videos and join the conversation by following at Noe Kalfa on Instagram. This podcast is a production of Worth the Journey, with editing help from Simone Sanz and art by Malcolm Rene Ribot. Worth the Journey is the business and marketing agency I created, where you can find everything you need to launch and grow your heart-centered business, from virtual assistance to business coaching to website and graphic design. Our team is seriously amazing. You've got to check us out at worththejourney.com. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.